0: It is another edition of the YXC Sports Podcast for the first week of May. It's hard to believe, Ray Morrison, but this is
1: episode number 19. It's good you're keeping track. (laughs) Because I know you're not. Because I have not. (laughs) I I go by the dates, but uh, this is the mighty YXC Sports Podcast for... One of Clark's uh, classic grill and bar. And, uh, yeah, so we'll uh, get started here. You know, it's kind of cool because we have... uh, turned the calendar into the month of May. What everybody is excited about at these parts, three Saskatoon golf courses, the city run golf courses are going to open May 15th here in the city. So yes. people, people are pretty excited about that. Be safe. That distancing thing will still be on. We'll still work our way through COVID-19, but uh, there will be an opportunity to get outside. So that alone has uh, put a lot of people in a, a, a good mood here as we head into the spring and summer months for sure.
0: Combined with the nice weather and yeah, it's fantastic. I've almost, almost considered going for a jog, um, but I, that's just not going to happen. We do have a lot to talk about uh, today, a a full episode. Uh, Let's start off with some CFL or some Canada West talk. We were just talking before we uh, started recording here, some big news in terms of Canada West football for this fall.
1: Well, again, on our drop date here, May 4th, a story from Justin Dunk of Three Down Nation that the Canada West has voted to amend the 2020 football season to five games. So it would start the last weekend of September or the first weekend of October, which would put you at the same sort of end date. The shorter schedule, it is tied to COVID-19. They want to make sure that everybody's safe and this will give uh, teams a little bit more time. But football is an expensive game. And you and I last week, Matt, we were talking a little bit about how the Lethbridge uh, Pronghorns had to get rid of their men's and women's hockey programs because they knew that the money just was not going to be there from the levels of government that they had received before. Canada West is anticipating that money from government levels to universities is going to be a little bit tighter. And on university campuses, there are going to be many things that are going to have to be reassessed and athletics will obviously be one of them. So that word just came down today on this, uh, May 4th, 2020 from Justin dunk that the Canada West has voted to, uh, go to a five game regular season instead of an eight game regular season this year.
0: Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see, especially for, uh, some of those universities. I mean, these, uh, these sports are a big moneymaker, right? For, for some of these universities. So well, and, but not for season, others. Yes. You're
1: right. that's the challenge right yeah. you know what i mean is that you know it's it, it's hard because not all of these are uh self-standing um programs that get the uh alumni dollars that some of the american uh, colleges get and as a result the university they do pony up pitch in and, and fund some of these sports. And it's, uh, you know, they, they anticipate it's, uh, it's going to be tough. And, you know, all you have to do is turn on being in business news or whatever to realize that uh, the economy with this pandemic is really taking a kicking. And uh, sports, definitely part of that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's some, uh, not that that n- is necessarily bad news, uh, but there is some good news in terms of uh, Canada West and more specifically the University of Saskatchewan Huskies. The CFL draft was last week. Five Saskatchewan Huskies heard their names called in the Canadian Football League draft. Matlin Riley went 7th overall to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Defensive end Nicholas Daly went 46th overall to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Receiver Sam Baker went 48th overall to the Toronto Argonauts. Nick Summick, offensive lineman, 57th overall to the Edmonton Eskimos and Colton Claussen, and receiver slash running back kind of a Swiss Swiss Army knife for the U.S. Husky football team, went 69th overall to the
1: Montreal Alouettes. And, of course, Claussen suffered that gruesome injury last year. Remember that? That that injury that that he suffered. And I I did talk, and I haven't talked to him probably since March or so, but uh, uh, Scott Florida did tell me that he was actually head of schedule in Mm – you know recovering from that injury so uh that was definitely good news the great thing about the matlin riley story is from my perspective is is this he's from Melford, and you know who is one of the guys who really helped shape him as one of the great football players is a teacher coach out in Melford, david rogers and david rogers uh who does a great job out there um was a one-time teammate of Scott Flores with the U.S. Huskies <laughs> in the 1980s. So that was kind of neat that that tied together worked out for for uh, Madeline Riley. You take a look at that offensive line, and uh, Matthew, I'm not telling you anything you don't know because you were the analyst for the Huskies football team last year. But that that offensive line with uh, Riley, Noah Zerr, Connor Bergloff, Andrew Cirk, uh, Tanner Secord was there for some of that as well. Luke Kachuk, you mentioned some. The, the sacks allowed number for the Huskies probably isn't what they would have liked it to have been, but that group did a good job at keeping Mason Nias upright yep. and they did a great job in uh, opening the holes for the running backs like Adam Mackerts and Josh A. Wachin as well. So that's uh, that is sure nice, sure nice to see a couple of those players get recognized uh, as they were on the CFL draft.
0: Well, you're talking about the Colton Clawson injury, which uh, happened against Alberta. Uh, towards the end of the season. And yeah, that was that was ugly. I remember seeing that from, from the press box at uh, Griffith Stadium. But uh, Sam Baker's an interesting story too. So Sam Baker gets a shoulder injury in week two of 2018. The Huskies were in Manitoba. It was week two uh, against the Bisons. Uh, breaks his collarbone shoulder. Uh, yep. So he misses all of 2018. Fast forward to 2019, it's all healed. First or second day of training camp for 2019, same route. Well, what happens? Yep. He re- reinjures that same shoulder, but he was actually able to come back in 2019 and actually yep. had four touchdowns in three games for the U yeah. US Huskies. So, yeah. and uh, what else is cool about these Husky players is that they're all from Saskatchewan. Matlin Riley, of course, from Melfort, yep. Daly from uh, Regina, Sam Baker from Esterhazy, and then Summick and Clawson are from Saskatoon. Former Saskatoon Hilltop and UBC Thunderbird Tom Snitchler went to the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats.
1: Yeah, for, uh... so that's great. He goes for the eighth round, 72nd overall. And I think one of the things about this is the fact that he's a long snapper too. And that mm-hmm. might, you know, you take a look at those uh, non-importer Canadian players. Boy, if you can make your impact on special teams, that's huge. So <laughs> he is a long snapper that Hamilton's going to take a look at. So that's pretty cool. And the other Canada West player I'm interested to see how he does in the Canadian football league is Travel Pinto who went 12th overall to the Stampeders. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully he's ready on many fronts for Canadian football. Uh, but with ball in hand, he could be a dangerous guy. And wouldn't it be great to see somebody from uh, uh, a Canadian university step up and do something great with the CFL, even when they, uh, they get going. So that's, in the return, uh, that was good.
0: In the return game too, Pinto is uh... You know, he's not just a, that's a breakaway receiver, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can work your way onto a team and special teams, uh, especially as a, a returner, then yeah, you're, you're going to carve out uh, a nice career. Uh, what does it say about uh, the development of uh, football Sask, the fact that all these players are born and raised in Saskatchewan? I mean, you know, the... I,
1: yeah, I was talking with uh, somebody from Manitoba who is very involved in Manitoba amateur football. And he said, man, I'd sure like to duplicate what you guys are doing in Saskatchewan with your six man, your nine man programs, everything that you guys do in the bigger centers in Saskatoon and Regina, uh, just developing players. It is it is awesome. Our amateur football um, footprint and the way it's laid out is just so good. And everybody across the Canadian Football League knows it. And every time, every year the CFL draft is held, you kind of look back at those Saskatchewan guys and you think you think so highly of them. So that's uh, that's good. By the way, Tom Schnitzler, we just want to go back to him a little bit. I want to tell a story. Blake Nell is an Alberta guy. But Blake Nell, the coach of UBC, coached out in the Maritimes for a while, coached in Calgary for a while, but he's got a great nickname for Schnitzler, the Saskatoon guy. He calls him John Deere. Because he just reminds him of that big farm boy that's just yeah. ready to ch- chuck bales anytime. of course, I went to school with his dad, Pat. So there's the story there. <laughs> so that was, uh, that's really good.
0: What did, uh, what did we have for supper last night, Ray Morrison?
1: What did we have for supper last night? Well, I had the Wendell's burger. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's what I had. And I believe that uh, the two other people, including you and your mom, had the hand-breaded chicken tenders and fries. Mm hmm. And where right. did we get those from? Wendell Clark's Classic yes, and Bar. Yeah, right now, good.
0: Yeah. right now at Wendell Clark's Classic Grillin Bar, they're offering daily specials starting at just ten dollars when you order curbside pickup. Like their family combo feature, two Wendell burgers and four mini burgers, or six hand-breaded chicken tenders with fries for just 30 bucks. Stay safe and eat great with Wendell Clark's Classic Grillin Bar right on the corner of Circle and Idlewild.
1: There was a lot of food there. There was a lot of food there. You ended up taking some home.
0: Yeah, and I had it even for lunch today. It was fantastic. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. Was so good. I had so, to have it twice.
1: That's good. Well, thanks uh, Thanks to Gary and Byron over there. I think Gary was the chef last yes, night. Yes, so. absolutely. Well, well done.
0: Uh, the <laughs> CFL, speaking of the CFL, uh, of course, this COVID pandemic is kind of Throwing a wrench in their plans as well, so they're asking for a one hundred and fifty dollar, and I want to make sure that I get this right. Loan, not necessarily a, a payout or a bailout, as some people seem to think it is. They say that they're going to pay it back uh, from the government,
1: but can you blame them? One hundred and fifty million. Hmm. I think you said one hundred and fifty bucks. Did I? Yeah. Well, away it goes. See, you're still, you're still groggy from all the food you ate last night
0: let's see the podcast can only go up from here
1: (laughs) yeah you know i'm okay with a loan if it's loan of a money back of course tsn has been all over this story i followed dave Naylor and farhan lalji and everybody that said anything to to say about this um so one of the stories was the fact that the cfl would maybe repay this in a manner of um goodwill or marketing and that they would have their players step up for maybe anti-bullying campaigns or something like that if i am the federal government i am not the least bit interested in that at all i want I, I i don't want a bailout i'm okay with a loan but immediately the cfl is looking for 30 million dollars if they don't get a 2020 20 season in they want 30 million dollars right now just to survive here's my problem the Toronto Argos are owned by Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. There is no way that uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, um, a group that pays Austin Matthews in one season two CFL teams' payrolls, that they should be getting any part of a bailout. You know, it, they, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, they need to kind of step up and run the Argos like a professional team. They don't, not all that long ago, they didn't even have a practice facility for the Toronto Argos. And um, on top of that, um, they don't even send a radio crew uh, on the road games. They pick up the television broadcast. That's an Argos cost-cutting decision, which isn't what pro sports teams do. So I've got a little bit of a problem with Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment kind of cashing in on this um, when you consider that they haven't given this the priority that they have some of their other franchises. But that's just me.
0: No, and I, I the CFL's point is well, the government is helping out many other uh, businesses uh, during this pandemic, and the CFL sees themselves as a business. So that's the the angle that they're playing. So I kind of understand that. They're kind of saying, hey, the government's giving out – Money to... Get I get here, it. Here, here, I here,
1: right? Yeah, I get it. Maybe each team, because they're each a small business, should submit their own claim yeah. for money instead of the league itself. So you show me what you've done in your community. You show me what you are going to do with this money, and maybe we'll consider giving you individually some money so you can take a look at the Edmonton Eskimos, but maybe not. Um, maybe not to the point of the Toronto Argos getting money when they haven't really promoted this team as they should as a professional franchise when they have things like the Raptors and the Argos under their, under their watch.
0: And I guess that's the thing because the Riders, Blue Bombers, and Eskimos are all community-owned teams. So do you right. think those, those three teams would be hit the hardest,
1: you would think? Well, no, I think, I think the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are a pretty affluent team don't I, even, I
0: even the bombers I would say
1: yeah right? i yeah, you know I get it from, from look don 't get me wrong from randy ambrosi 's perspective he 's trying to figure out how he 's going to make ends meet here and keep his staff on and keep people employed i in his his heart is in the right place, and I get it. The other thing that you have to be mindful of too when it comes to this is okay, if the Canadian Football League gets $150 million. What's to stop the Canadian Hockey League from saying, well, look, I get, we're all junior hockey owners and business guys who are just trying to make a go of it. Where's our money? And I think it might have to stop somewhere. So I'm not necessarily sure I would be, like I said, in tune with a bailout, but a loan of some kind would be, would be something that um, I'd be open to hearing about
0: can the league survive if they don't get this payout or loan
1: or however you want to word it well i don't know the answer to that i i think it can um you know i i it would be interesting to know where they're at with that atlantic franchise mm-hmm. um I think Ottawa has good ownership. I think Hamilton has good ownership. I think it could. I, I really do think that it could. BC might be in a little bit of trouble, maybe, but I, I you know, this league has been up against it many times before. Yeah. It is one when it's one hundred plus years of existence. So um, I, uh, I, I think it will. I think I think everything will be okay.
0: Well, if us uh, as Canadians are good at one thing, it's prevailing. So we'll we'll have to see. That's uh, right where that goes and keep our eye on that. Speaking of uh, Canadian sports, we kind of talked about it, you and me a little bit when we were going over what we were going to talk about uh, for this week's episode, but we were talking about the CFL loan uh, and if the league can survive. And then you just brought up the Canadian hockey league. And that's a point I want to touch on too, especially in the Western hockey league, there's a lot of smaller market teams that you got to think are probably feeling yep. the effect of this COVID pandemic as well. I look at the, the smaller market teams in Saskatchewan, uh, the Raiders, the Warriors, uh, yeah. the current Broncos. And of course, you know, there's a bunch in, in Alberta and BC as well. But uh, that kind of plays, uh, you know, an effect on those teams as well.
1: Well, and it's so too bad. You think about the Prince Albert Raiders and how they just recently won that WHL championship and how they just could not get enough room to get the people in the arena. There was just so many people there. So they were riding such momentum before this happened. So that that really kind of is too bad i mean every time that the raiders have a great deal of success like this it always triggers a great conversation up there about maybe a new arena because the arthauser center <laughs> does need to be replaced that is you know obviously there's no talk like that now in the midst of a pandemic um but yeah for you know dean brockman Swift and broncos or for the uh, Moose Jaw Warriors. Um, yeah, it's it, and it's tough on the guys too who own the teams, right? Yeah. There are guys who, you know, and then you think about again at every level. You think about them in the NHL, but you think about them in the Western Hockey League too. Those, you know, businesses and concession workers and people that depend on the arenas being open in order to make livelihood. Uh, it kind of goes beyond, you know, affluent ownership. So it is too bad. This is affecting a lot of people, but. You know, on this day, May 4th, um, there's sort of a soft opening going on in Saskatchewan and a light easing of um, the restrictions and slowly opening up the economy. But it's got to be done smart. And mm. at this point in time, I totally agree with the fact that sports right now uh, has to take a back seat for sure.
0: Our uh, producer, Ian Roach, sent us a note just before uh, we were about to record uh, saying that F1 could still happen. And, Ian, I'm going to be totally honest here. I didn't really read the article that much. <laughs> but uh, there is the potential for that to happen without spectators in the stands uh, and as the, well.
1: That, and F1 isn't the only uh, sporting no, organization no. that has talked about this. But, yeah, the managing director, Ross Braun, says that uh, in Spielberg, uh, July 5th and 12th, races could happen and which would be great for television because a lot of F1 uh, fans like Ian who could get their fix could see those races on July 5th and 12th with no spectators, but there would be a television component about it. And the one thing about uh, Spielberg Austria is it's right beside an airport. So you're not – It you know, your uh, risk is – somewhat decreased by that when people aren't flying in and going all over they're going to the tracks, they're getting on the planes they're going home and there's a risk with that now but travel is allowed that would be the that would be the one thing and then if this works in Spielberg they're actually taking a look at doing this in maybe Spain and Hungary later so that was uh that was the article that was forwarded
0: if it was uh if it's right beside the uh, airport you could just race on the tarmac that's
1: right (laughs) that's right yeah with the reduced travel in and out (laughs) with planes you could do it right there (laughs) Oh, I think that pretty much uh,
0: good times. Hey, Ray.
1: Can I bring up a couple more things? Absolutely. We didn't, we didn't talk about Prime Minister Trudeau uh, talking on the weekend that players from outside of the country must follow pandemic rules if they come into Canada. Well, if the Buffalo Sabres nip up to Toronto two hours away and play a game, they're not going to quarantine for 14 days before that. So, you know, some thoughts going to have to be given to that. But there's a couple of cool things. Remember about two weeks ago, you and I were talking about Dave Dubay and it's March Matchness where he's yep. on Twitter and he's wearing all the different colors of the schools. Well, this is day 35 of 64, and he's picking a lot of the school colors from the U.S. So today it was for the Louisville basketball team. He's donating $500 to their food bank. He's looking for uh, the retweets, of course, and people to match and also $500 to the Comox Valley food bank. So Dave Dubey of Saskatoon doing some great things, but I love this story and I know it has nothing to do with YXE. And I know we're <laughs> over the 20 minute mark, but I want to tell this story anyway.
0: Hey, all my friends think that we should go longer anyway. So it doesn't matter. Oh, oh, go oh is on. that right?
1: Oh yeah. The, well, then I got two points. Uh, the U <laughs> Cougars women's hockey coach, Sarah Hodges. How about this for Mother's Day, which by the way, Matt, don't forget that Mother's Day is coming up here on the 10th
0: can't buy anything.
1: Uh, (laughs) It's not going to be your excuse. (laughs) Um, Sarah Hodges is offering to bagpipe in front of houses in Regina for $100. And you know your grandmother, my mom, loves the bagpipes. Pay $100. Sarah Hodges, the Cougars women's hockey coach, will come, stand on your lawn, bagpipe to your mother for a $100 donation to the Cougars women's hockey team. Wow, good for her! How is that? That's fantastic. That is, uh, that's terrific. And on this date, on May the fourth, in two thousand, our mutual friend Chris Cuthbert called a five OT. Ah, oh, yes, right. The Flyers Flyer game. Yeah. And Flyers then Penguins. Flyers Penguins. And then, on May fourth of two thousand eight, called a four OT Dallas San Jose game. Ah, uh-huh, yes. May fourth a Five OT game and a four OT game, so there. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> may, may the fourth be with you.
0: Yeah, hey, do you know what Star Wars is?
1: Uh, yeah, I kind of, yeah, kind of. Maybe we can do a
0: whole podcast just on Star Wars. <laughs> that does pretty much wrap <laughs> things up for this week's edition of the YXE Sports Podcast brought Thanks to you by Wendell the, Parks.
1: That's yep, very good.
0: And bar, yeah. Uh, You can find this episode on all your favorite streaming devices. Uh, We also have a website and a Facebook page, too. So you can head over to our Facebook page, YXC Sports Podcast. We are also online at yxcsportspodcast.com. Ray, any final thoughts?
1: No final thoughts uh, other than stay safe, everybody. And we will uh, have another drop date on May the 11th. But uh, stay safe. And hopefully as uh, things lift, there will be more pressing sports news to talk about although you and i somehow have uh, managed to kill 22 minutes here like nobody's business
0: pretty impressive if you ask me
1: <laughs> That wraps
0: things up for this week once again thanks to the window clark's classic uh, grill and bar for sponsoring the YXE sports podcast let us know what you think and we will talk to you next week